everybody. We are back again. This is ridiculous. Do you, do you know what episode this is? Episode number 80,000. No, it's going to be your favorite. It's 420. It's 420. 420 wow. Why is 420 my favorite a lot? I, I just, I'm saying that everybody might enjoy a little 420 every day at work. My coworker's like, hey, hey, Lon, you know, it's, four, it's 420 because it's close to five. Yes. Right? That's it, all. It's a nice round number. Yeah. It doesn't oh, have any odd digits in co-worker. it. Maybe he has some recreational activities. Maybe. I don't know what you guys are getting at. What I'm getting at is that that kid, even after all our discussion, has no idea how to hold, hold a mic. To my face? Yeah. You should come see what's going on here. It's like you're not even in the room. Should, should I yeah. go like this? We're, we really have to get a radio station back because this is apparently the only way to make it work. You didn't give me any advice on we're, how to... Were you not here for the 10 minutes before we started recording? We, what do you we, think we, we were, were talking about? But I said, what did I do wrong? And you said everything. And then you just moved on. Yeah, and I explained to Ara that you need to have the microphone pointed at your mouth. And your mouth pointed at the microphone. It's a game. There you go. And then you you start it and you're all like like this. Beside you. Can you our listeners can't even hear me right now. Well, that's but how I normally how you hold a microphone. Yeah. This okay. is this stage. is fantastic. I haven't <laughs> seen radio this good since <laughs> Edward Murrow. So, all right. So, it's our show now just about microphone techniques. It's going to be for the next several episodes if you don't okay. figure out how to use them. There you go. So, anyway, regardless of how we're handling the mics, irregardless. Uh, this this remains the Chatterbox video game radio show. Our website is chatterboxgameshow.com, but you know that, of course, because you are listening, or maybe you don't know because you're catching it on the iTunes or something. Perhaps um, you guys know a lot more about 420 than I've given you credit. <laughs> Let's talk about some games. I think that's a fantastic idea. Have any of us actually played a game for the past week? Well, you've been doing nothing but work. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But we did play that one game that... Um, we puddle? were so eager to discuss and continue to be so. You're so talking about should, Puddle? Yes, Puddle. We played that, what, two weeks ago? <sighs> yeah, it's all a time warp, you know. Yeah. But two weeks ago, I came over here to your place and played uh, played Puddle. It was for the, It's PS3 only, or is it, that just the one we played it on? No, that's just the one we played it on. I'm pretty sure it's going to be for other platform okay. or S. Gotcha. So we played this thing. Have you seen this? No. Explain right. it to me. What does it look like? It it's, sounds like... It's fluid. It almost sounds like you would be in water. Is it so you're in water? No, you are water, but not necessarily water, just some sort of fluid. Okay, okay, okay. So, like the secret world of Alex Mack. I'm, um, not, I, I'm not familiar with I that I don't anymore. know. That, that sounds was, like Nickelodeon, and so I will ignore it. I right. think it was Disney. No, it Nickelodeon. It was Nick. Okay. okay so... Um, Morphed into a puddle. I just want to interject before we continue that in 2005, I had a prediction that I told nobody. Except for like four people. Does that count then? And it counts. So my prediction was that there was going to be a whole bunch of fluid dynamics based games coming out over the next few years. There are a couple. I don't know about and a whole bunch. There's, 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 well, there's this puddle one, right? There's this one that came out. There's fluidity on um, uh, WiiWare, I believe. Um, there's actually another, like, I don't know if, if they're totally indie or short of indie or not indie at all, but another game that's completely different that's also based on fluids. And Are you talking about Hydrophobia, the one that came out a while no, ago? No, that's no. not. Yeah. No. And I would could, put that in the same group, though. Uh, you could kind of argue that, too, although it's... It's certainly their gimmick. Their gimmick it's, it's is... It's a lot more gimmicky. The use of water, right? What, was this... Was this uh, idea come from the game Mercury on the PSP? Like where you were, once again, like a puddle moving around in 3D no, space. Not no, not Even before that, there was this that game was that was... Do you remember Wetress? Or was it Wetrix? I heard about Wet. I heard about I it. know about it. I don't know. Yeah, was so it? that was out on the Nintendo 64. Yes. I mean, that's how long ago that was. But we knew that the Nintendo 64 did, did crazy fluid stuff. Yeah. So not, not by virtue of the hardware, but... Wait, wait, wait. Mark wait, my wait, words. Wait, wait. What do you mean we know that it does crazy fluid stuff? What well, fluid stuff we know did that it, it did because it came out with Wave Race... Oh, like one of the first games that had amazing not. water effects. Uh, Everybody was you like, see, this is You crazy. see, TG was I, born around the time that that console came out. No. So he doesn't understand how much of a huge big deal that was at the time. I, I, was, I was that Nintendo 64 kid. Nintendo 64. You were like three years old that year. No, I was in like, I don't know, fourth grade, fifth grade. Okay, that's virtually the same thing. Well, I had a, I had a Nintendo. An original NES, Super NES, Nintendo sixty four. I was a Nintendo fanboy. I didn't have. Did he just? It's a, call it's the okay. original Nintendo, the Super Nintendo. It's okay, TJ. No, I said, we're not. I said, we're not attacking your uh, Nintendo. 
Fanboyism. Fanboyism, yeah. yeah. Okay, so your prediction came true. There's a bunch of fluid-based games. Yes. So anyway, I, I think there'll be even more. But not to put a too fine a point on it, right? This more? game I wanted to talk about because it has... It's, it's To me, it's like the worst example of design. And I was absolutely incensed by it. And you didn't seem too bothered by it. But not, you, not like you were. You, I don't know. Maybe you have a lot more patience than I do. Well, also, um, I mean, there's... I think you have to give something a bit of a chance. And I, f- I feel no, like no, you no, didn't no, give no, it... No, 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 You didn't give okay, it a chance. So here's, here's the framework of this game and why it doesn't deserve a chance, okay? Or more than one chance, I should say. Because the way it's constructed... And this happened, you know, maybe this is just my own personal experience. You know, maybe other people might not have experienced the sequence of events that I did, right? But I would say about four or five or six or seven trials in a row. Actually, every single time I tried to play until I gave up, which were about that many attempts, which is also more than I give a game that I don't like right away. It was all about basically... Um, you know, you're you're basically tilting the screen to maneuver this blob of fluid, right? So first of all, it's like a war of attrition where you're constantly losing fluid and you don't have a precision of control or at least you don't understand how you could at the beginning to not lose fluid, right? So it almost seems as if you're bound to lose some fluid no matter what you do, which is, in my opinion, a big design no-no. But the other half of it, which is even worse, is the fact that it was every single challenge in the game was basically based on failing at first to figure out how it worked or what it did. And part of that is exacerbated by the fact that you just you you you're you're thrown headfirst into obstacles without understanding what they are. And you experienced this, too. You just weren't as bothered as as I was about it. I have no patience for that type of thing, right? Because I think that it's the job of the designer to basically tell you what's going to show up before you get there and to give you a hint. You know, like, that's what the designer should do. They should give you a hint about what's coming so that you can make a decision about it, you know? It's the same thing we talk about when we say that you should be able to successfully complete a game without dying. And if if you're forced to learn through death, I think that that sort of is part of why you don't like it. Wait, the wor- the like- worst way of learning is by a complete and other failure every single time. Now, there's a lot of learning that happens in failure, and failure is in a lot of ways very important. But for, for failure to have so much weight, first of all, like, okay, you go back to the beginning every time, right? For it to have so much weight and for it to um, meet you so readily, right? Like, that's... You don't have that doesn't have to be the way to learn every single time, and I don't think it's the best way to teach the player things. I felt like I was in the middle of Battletoads. Okay, <laughs> that's what it was like. Uh. So, I enjoyed the game a little bit because it's basically something I haven't had to deal with before, and and I've said time and time again that I enjoy a, a new experience, right? So I didn't mind dying so much. If it if it required a whole lot of dying just repeatedly over and over and over in the same place or something and creating frustration through difficulty, that would have bothered me. I don't mind as much as you learning through death. Although I agree it is a bad design element. Like there, So there's this one level where like you're clearly not water. You're some sort of um, volatile fluid where if you, if you collide right. with something But just quickly, in that level... Yeah. But they don't tell you that other than the fact that your like liquid kind of looks electrified, but it's like it's like one of these like two subtle hints where it's like it's just it's not it, it's so subtle that you miss it until you figure out why your fluid looked different. And you only get that sense of maybe I should figure out why my fluid looks different because of a failure that happened the cause of which you did not understand right away. Yeah, and it's almost like it teaches you in one level to move really quickly, and then in the le- in the next level, when you do move really quickly, yeah. you learn, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, in this so level. it's a big oh, like player fuck you. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's it. Uh, I can see your point. I mean, it makes yeah. sense when you have the information, right? But the the struggle to get that information was just so arduous. Like that's just not fair to the player. Yeah, no, that's true, and and certainly they could have done more to explain that. Uh, you know, fast collisions would make your your material or whatever explode 
Um, and the only indication was, like you said, that like it glows green and you're in this lab environment. You sort of come out of this beaker at the beginning of the level. But it's not enough. It doesn't explain that you're not just some funky fluid, yeah. right? It doesn't well, explain that it actually means there's a play or a gameplay uh, dynamic. All the normal devices that a designer has to take advantage of when they're constructing challenges and, and challenging games, um, many of those involve giving the player feedback, right? And many of those feedback types... Um, also are, right, they're not the feedback of you died. They're the feedback of communicating things about what's going to happen, you know, and I think that that's probably one of the hardest things to actually accomplish in practice. Um, I don't, I I mean, I shouldn't say it's one of the hardest things, actually, because I don't think that's true. I don't think it's one of the hardest things. I just think it's one of the least commonly known things because if you haven't gone through, if you haven't, like, worked at, studio where that's valued if you haven't learned about um you know what are ways you can actually structure and communicate feedback to the player and things like telegraphs and stuff like that if that hasn't been made explicit to you as a as a game developer um i'm surprised at the number of game developers who continue to make games and don't know about those incredibly important signals to the player and that's those are some of the things where people don't really notice them in casual play but they help immensely I mean, I'm for some reason suddenly starting to think like maybe because there's no classes or anything that teach about elements of game design. Like I know that there are there are these game design schools that come up like the UAT that we always advertise. Right. But I don't know that they go into I don't know how many classes actually when you're designing a game, like actually break apart this game. and, And here are some key elements that make this particular game not good compared to this other game. This one does things well, like telegraphing things in advance to users. I've I've never been in a class. That was actually about design elements. Um, and, like, I took all of those classes. I took, the, well, I mean, I took the classes you need to take. But they didn't, there wasn't one like that. At least not that I remember. And I'd like to think I would remember that. Yeah, it's not but, as common knowledge as it should be. It really should be common knowledge. It should be like, you know, cinematic camera framing techniques. Well, uh, time for a first break. So we will uh, hold that thought. We'll be right back. else are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives where else in the valley on campus or online can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security artificial life programming and game studies as well as technology management Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology. UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. We're all here. We're having fun. Did, did we even announce ourselves earlier? I don't think we did. No. I complaining about mics. I'm Alon. My name's Ara. My name's TJ. If I wanted to learn about video games and, like, go to school for that, where would I go? The University of Advancing Technology, UAT.edu. Oh, my God. Tighten up with the graphics on level three. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm willing to bet, by the way, that they have some game design classes that have uh, become more interesting since I left. But, like, I'm thinking back, and I just don't recall. I don't recall one that was all about breaking apart how a game worked and deciding what was good and what was bad about it. I just don't recall that happening. But I didn't, 
I'm still kind of trying to wrap my brain that what you would learn. So you just learn the most basic, like, here's how to use a 3D program to make a model that you're going to throw into a video game. That, that's the thing. Like, there, there was a lot of focus on art, right? Because, I mean, I was on the track for for that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Bachelor of yeah, Arts, Most whatever. of the focus seems on, like, basically training you on common tools and such. Because yeah, those, the, those types of things, it's very, there's a very, like, rigid and known set of knowledge that can be communicated easily. And it's harder to find someone who can just design well and actually express that and and turn it into like a solid curriculum. And that's well, I would love to do that. I hate to say it, but um, I guess I will. Most of the really great designers are busy designing games; they're not really teaching. Exactly. So, well, anyway, then maybe it's a good thing I wasn't subjected to someone else's poor design. Perhaps. Yeah. Moving along. Um, you guys hear about this um this Guinness book world records? I'm I'm familiar with it, yeah. yes. You heard about it, TJ? Yes. They're, what they're, what do they have in the Guinness book of world records? World records. World, really short people and really fat people. World records. Am I right along? Is it about world records? Yes. I know yes. that there have been some recently devoted to video games and what seemed like really cheap they sometimes release like a book specifically just for video games. Okay, that's about Guinness. Okay, so records. so here's the thing, right? Um, I don't know why this is on Forbes.com, but it's on Forbes.com. Okay, um, <laughs> you've got me listening. Now, were you, if, were you surfing Forbes.com or did you get linked to it? Now, TJ, if you had known if, what I'm about to mention, which you don't, and neither do any of the listeners, um, you would have that exact same reaction. So I'm glad that you think Forbes.com is hilarious just by pure mention by itself. Well, yeah. It's, you know, normally like business people will sit there and read Yeah. It. So the business of um, world records is apparently um, not engaging enough. So it seems the Guinness Book of World Records has taken themselves to... Um, making a list of the top 50 video game endings. This what? is for the Guinness Book of World Records. Isn't it's just that, making a list now. What are, what are these people hold, doing here? Hold on. What are you guys like? This is, this is, what kind of world record is this? Like, this is all, that's what, so far you've told me, that's all subjective. There's no, like, measurable value. Okay, so. Not, not Unless like, it's, like, the longest ending, the shortest ending, no, 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 no. Okay, let's not get off track here, right? Like, this is this here's here's the funny part, TJ. You mentioned that it's subjective, okay? Like, we all know that any kind of list that anybody makes that's a top whatever list is subjective, right? Yeah, but the Guinness Record Book is supposed to be not subjective, completely it's objective. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 exactly what it is and nothing more. But here's the crazy thing, right? What do you guys think? What kinds of games do you guys think are on this top fifty? Video game endings. Let's Street speak. Fighter. Halo. Well, Halo reaches uh, number two. Oh! So, you might be wondering what metric did they use to come up with these well, top Is that 50? like the collection of Halo? Like as a story, you get all of them? Or is it one particular no, one? Halo Reach Halo specifically? Reach. What? So, so uh, Halo 3. That was 3, kind of a cool ending because you got to play again. Halo 3, number 13. Um, doesn't Halo, Halo uh, number, Halo number Reach, 14. But doesn't Halo Reach end at the beginning of Halo, the first game? I don't know. I don't know. All of that's immaterial. Here's the point, right? I mean, that's a cool concept, but whatever. The point is that they did a survey to decide, right? They surveyed like 13,000 people um, to decide what these, uh, what the top 50 best endings are. And you should not be allowed to include anything that's... Recent. Recent. It's, because it, then it's whatever indis- is recent is going to be in It's your ridiculous head. because it's indistinguishable from a list of like what's your favorite game, right? Because, I mean, like the top five, like no, the Final Fantasy, God of War, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, Zelda Ocarina of Time, Halo Reach, Call of Duty, Black Ops. Wait, Call of Duty Black Ops was number one? Yes. Of course, of course it's number one because more people have played it. So Recently. thank you, Guinness, for making a meaningful list. That we can somehow consider this is a yeah, world record. It's, it's 100% subjective and really bad. Like, yeah. why Why would they even put the effort into this? It's not very Guinness-like, I'll tell you that that's, much. That's something I'll be scratching my head about uh, for about 10 more minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, well. So what else do we got here? 
So there's a couple of things that have happened lately that I, I wanted to mention. Um, I wonder how much time we have left here. We've got about got about six minutes. Let's let's talk about Super Meat Boy. Did you see that they're making a mobile game out of this? Heard about it. This was my topic that I wanted to talk about. So oh, is it? I have opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm willing to hear them. So they announced that they're going to make them, and I. It's weird. Like I wondered, do we consider the the Super Meat Boy crew friends of the show? Since like we know Ed McMullen, well Danny Baranowski. I don't know McMullen, McMullen, but uh, yeah, we know Danny. Danny. He's here in town. He um, did the music for it. Exactly, and he's worked with with Adam Atomic on stuff as well. And so, Animal. like, they're cool. So I, I don't want to like criticize without for no good reason. Um, and in fact, I'm I'm not even saying this to criticize, but I'm curious how it could turn out. They're they're saying we want to take this game that everybody, well, a lot of people love, that is also very difficult, that requires high precision controls and we're going to make a portable version of it and they make the point of saying like when they're discussing this with whatever press is writing this article they're like don't worry we're not going to put in you know crap controls on this thing but i think by virtue of moving to mobile like they they kind of have to or completely change the game well i do so, rem- i do remember actually that there was some reference to the latter just completely changing it. They yeah. are. They they said that they are not going to put in a like virtual D pad and all that other stuff. They basically said that we will start rebuild the game from the ground up to make it fit the mobile platform. Which then goes into like if your guys are going to make a whole new game like that, they would have to like rebuild levels, rebuild controls. Like maybe what if it is like Adam Atom Adam Atomics Cannibal where Super Meat Boy's just running, and all I have, you have to do is jump or something like that. Like, it, I'm just I'm just assuming that. But like, why would you rebuild a game and rebuild a mechanic? Wouldn't it be a completely different game then? And why not put effort into making something else? Instead? Yeah, and I mean, maybe they'll call it you know Super Mobile Boy or something. But uh, one thing I appreciate is that they're just straight up TM. with people. Um, they're straight up just saying like, "Hey, you're right. Like, we're not going to screw around with it. We're not just going to do some crappy port. We really want to make something good." But at the same time, like, I just don't understand why, why even bother saying that they're going to do it. They could just make a totally new IP or just point out the fact that it's going to be very different. Um, and can you even imagine a game like that? Like, because the heart and soul of that game well, is the precision. Not, the, but why not make a different oh. game with the same characters the, if that's what you want to do? The game is even hard um, playing with a Xbox 360 controller. So um, I don't know how they're going to do it mobile. I just don't. What I was trying to say before my iPhone rudely dropped on the floor was um, that the heart and soul of this game is its its control. Yes, but you you don't think that they can capture the essence of it with a completely different control scheme with with a mobile device yeah. with a device that's a touchscreen. Sure. No, I'm not convinced that it's possible. Not the same at all. type. They uh, they can. I guarantee you they can make something else that will capture a different feeling, a different sensation, and a different control, yeah. but not the same control. I'm confident they can make something that's good. That's not what I'm trying to criticize at all. I'm sure they'll make something that's compelling in some way, but it's weird to take a game where like, its, it's very essence is something that simply cannot be ported to this, this other machine. Now, I have been wrong many a time, and maybe they will prove me wrong, and I guess that's their challenge. And they've said that they're actually taking this on as a challenge. Like they just want to do something interesting. But I just, I don't think it's possible. And so I guess consider, consider this, what I'm saying, an additional challenge from me. I don't think it's going to happen, uh, at least not in the way that I'm perceiving, right? Which is where you take the essence of the game and port it to the mobile. It's going to be a different essence, for lack of a better yes, word. I, I agree. It's going to be something very different. It will well, be a different essence. I'm also skeptical, and I also think that um, what they will end up with is probably something very different mechanically. What what I'm assuming this is all assumption, that before they announced anything, they already started tweaking some things, researching, trying to figure some stuff out. When they had an idea, then they finally announced that they were going to do it. They're going to experiment more and only release something if it's good. I, I guarantee you that they will not released a crappy port of their game because they don't they don't have to oh no i agree there yeah like i said I, like I, we respect these guys we at least i don't think that 
they're going to do anything crappy. It's just weird that they're saying we're going to make super. I mean, here's what I'm what I'm thinking. They want to make a mobile game. Great. They have this IP that's really popular and has a lot of attention. So great, let's milk that. And that just doesn't seem like their style. So okay, they want to make a Super Meat Boy game that is definitely for mobile space, right? Um, Not without space. just trying to to basically fool people into buying it simply because it has that name. So they want to make something good. And I just think it's it seems ill-conceived because I don't think that, uh, like I said, the essence of the game can be ported. But I'm excited to see what they actually come up with because if they prove me wrong, that would actually be awesome. I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that it's a turn-based card battle game. <laughs> that That would be awesome. Well, on that note, let's go to break once again. And uh, and we'll be back with more. What are, what are we going to talk about next? We've got I don't know something about four twenty. Okay. Peanut butter. Good. That's why we've already Tomato forgotten sauce. what we're going to talk about. All right, we'll be right back. Super Meat Boy. I think we're done with that. Yep. Um, next on the bill, a lot of people have been talking about this actually because it made, um, I guess, records. records or something. Hey, records. I think Guinness World Records. Guinness Records were broken. Perhaps. Most if, definitely. If Guinness wasn't too busy doing surveys, they might have picked up on this. One. Yeah, yeah, I think this is also voted on. But actually, actually, like if you really want to get technical, which now I'm going there, um, such a record I think would not be considered a true Guinness record because up until um 10 minutes ago they uh they had very very stringent like uh standards for what could be a record like not all records are worthy of being records only like certain type of like performance you know basically it's if if the record has a chance of getting enough publicity for the guinness book itself there you go then it has a chance well then all, all that's wrong because i'm a part of a record where i like played an Xbox game at the same time that somebody else played an Xbox game. And it wasn't even the same. It was approximate, right? Yeah. Yeah, like that, I don't think it'll fly. But, oh, that one? No, that but, did fly. Oh, it you did were, fly? What happened? Wait, you were part of that uh, one? What? Yeah, okay. the, the sports, the Connect I'm just, sports thing, and like you all play it at the same time during a day. Look, and look. you sign up, and then like it records that you did play. Says, yeah, you did. Here's your T-shirt. Needless to say, Mr. Guinness is spinning in his grave wherever he is. Did you know he's the same guy who did Guinness Beer? I just thought they were the same name. Like, same name as in... Sir, Sir Alec Guinness? This, uh, I, just, I just thought it was a common name, but it's the same guy. So not that I care, because I don't really care about either of them, but seriously? Yeah. Same dude? I think you're fitting. I, I think look it up fitting. on the internet. I thought it was fake, too. It's the same guy. Well, if it's on the internet. Clearly. It's true. Well, I read it in Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> Who makes the best beer, <laughs> as, as surveyed <laughs> by surveyed. all of our viewers? No, I thought I come on. It's it sounds like a generic name, an I, generic Irish name, but it's the same guy. And okay. I was also well, all right, fine. Let's well, actually what, what um, broke records talk about are? Yeah, what broke <laughs> records? Yes. So, Double Fine uh, basically started this uh, Kickstarter thing, and the Kickstarter thing is like, oh, if you have an idea for something and you want money to develop it. Then you go to Kickstarter and you put up a page and you say, hey, everybody, give me money. And they track it. So what's interesting is the timing of this because it came right after other stories about Notch reaching out to Schaefer saying, hey, I'll fund your next thing. But it was a specific game that they were talking about. That's interesting. So this one, so Double Fine was like, we want to make a you know text-based, not text-based, graphical adventure game, like the old school Day of the Tentacle games and so on. And um, this was this was the impetus for this this Kickstarter project, right? So it has now the last I checked, it's probably higher than this, and it's going to go on for about twenty eight more days. Reached over one point seven million with 
nearly 50,000 backers. And didn't they want like only around a hundred grand or something? No, I think it was four hundred grand was the target. So it blew away the target. Yes. And in the first also, day, in yes. the first twenty-four hours. Yes. Not only that, hours it, it blew away Kickstarter's record of all time. Yes, mm-hmm. Guinness World Record. So this thing is just totally out of control. What I was most amused by, um, because I started to wonder, um, you know, I mean, lots of people love Tim Schafer. I didn't know 1.7 million people loved Tim Schafer. Um, actually, no, that's not 1.7 million people. That's just their dollars. million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I was like, hmm, what did they do to get this thing so much momentum, right? And I found it was interesting that they had a uh, tier system of rewards. All so, starters do. That's all the ones I've looked all at. Do. Tier now, were. not only that, though, they have tiers from $15 to $150,000. Nice. But so, that one gets you like Tim Schafer, like you hang out well, with let, Tim Schafer for Well, let me, let me explain to you guys, and for the benefit of our listeners, what some of these interesting tiers are. Okay. Can I say for $150,000, I should not hang out with him a, for a day. He should serve me for six months. But cooking and cleaning. But this is how all Kickstarter works. Every single one, it's like me. I've the never seen the one movie. with that high a tier. Okay. okay. I don't know about that. That Wait, what was the number again? $150,000 is what he said. Oh, never mind. All right, fill, yeah. fill me in. What are the tiers? Okay, did this pass the uh, the TJ criteria for yeah. acceptability? Okay. So, you know, $15 is actually the minimum to get something, right? So I, I found this to be very interesting, right? Because if you pay $15, you're essentially pre-ordering the game is what you're doing. Because yes. you get the game on Steam for free when it comes out, and you'll get to be in the beta. Well, too. not free. You get the game. For free. Well, after you pay the fifteen because you paid you've donated. <laughs> I think you donated. You, yeah. you the, are the fact to... is that you're it's a it's a prepayment is what I'm saying. Yes. Right. You don't have to pay you don't have to buy the game again, obviously. Yeah, right? you yes. have so much faith in the developer that you're paying up front before the game's even made. You right. are allowed to down uh donate whatever you want less than that. You just don't gain anything from it. That's just yeah. the first tier. It's Great. true. And incidentally, it averages out to around thirty four bucks per person, which is quite good, I think, on the, yeah. on the average. Especially considering if they just made the game and sold it, first of all, they wouldn't get all the money. Right. This goes directly to them, and they're getting more than twice as much average per person than you need to for the game. The this reason why they want to do this is because they they couldn't find you know a publisher to make those type of games again. So, like we can get into this a little bit later after you go through all the tiers. But what's the point of a publisher in this day and age? But go through the tiers. I want to hear them. Well, you still have like Steam is still your publisher. Then he's not getting funded from them. Yeah, that's that's a whole like another hour. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't want to get into it. Anyway, here's some of the more interesting ones. Right, they're so interesting, in fact, that you won't even find them on the Kickstarter site, and you have to email them to notify them that you have the intention of donating so much money. Right, some person actually, um, there was one slot available for a ten thousand dollar contribution, and somebody actually did it. But that's small fries compared to the availability that they're giving people. Right? So, for example, if you want to donate $15,000 of your hard-earned cash, you get to have dinner with Tim Schafer and key members of the dev team. Not worth it. But no. if you want to pledge 20000 not only do you get the dinner, you get to go bowling with them. Still not worth it. Keep for, going. For $30,000, um, you get a picture of Ron Gilbert smiling. <laughs> what? Is this something that is as rare as... Ron Gilbert's as the creator moon? of Monkey Island, Does he not smile? Is that what the... Like, I, think that's the I, think, I think that's the joke. <laughs> I think... I'm just, just call me crazy. I'm just getting a feeling that might be the joke. <laughs> now, if you are rolling at so much money that you are wont to spend... 35000 in donation, you'll get an undoctored picture of Ron Gilbert smiling. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. That's actually really funny. So, so on Photoshop, like not color balanced, they'll just give you it. These guys raw, are funny. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up that there's some humor in their tier levels. These are interesting. A little bit, a little well, bit. Well, of course, of all the games that they make, of course, now, their humor is. If you want to give them 50,000 big ones, um, you get the unique privilege of becoming an actual character in the game. 
that now, is usually, really cool. Usually in Kickstarter, when you move up to another tier, you get everything from the prior tier plus. I, I think that's how is that how this still is how they didn't it works. for these higher ones. It's interesting because they've they've said so explicitly for every tier except for these. What if you what if you were in the game but then they didn't give you a free copy? You know what? It? You know what? I mean, if I was going to be given over this much cash, I'm pretty sure I'd be in a position to be able to negotiate all the previous tiers. Okay. So, um, not the not the most of your worries. So, what is your what is your opinion on this whole thing? Like, we haven't even gotten yeah, to we're not 150. Here, I'm waiting with going. You, I'm waiting you, with bated breath. Did you like when you went to school? Did they stop the number system at like at like 50k or 100k? Exactly. Well, I don't know how high you're gonna go. What is it again? Well, what, 150k. Just what, like we mentioned a couple say, minutes ago, he's gonna go ago. as high as he can within the next three minutes. What That's I was gonna say <laughs> is that. All Kickstarter projects have ridiculous prizes that range from we, we weird got stuff. Yeah. The only thing different here is that it's this one is super, super, super expensive. So for $150,000 or more, you get from Tim Schafer a copy of one of – I don't even know what this means. His last four remaining triangle boxed Day of the Tentacles in the original shrink wrap. I'm assuming that's like what they originally came in. He's he only has four of them. You get one of them. Okay. That's that's not that interesting to me. Not to mention you probably don't have a machine that can run it anymore. Probably. And not as funny either. Yeah, not nearly. But maybe it's funny to Tim, I'm sure. So where did you get this list if it's not published? So, eh, it's a secret place called their website. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you go on Double Fine's website, you can find, um, as they call them, the Glengarry. If, if this isn't on the Kickstarter site, then how do you actually pay Kickstarter to go through, it, or are you paying directly to? It's just that it's the Double the Fine. tiers aren't published on Kickstarter. The thing is a Kickstarter project. So this is interesting to me, though. It's it's what we were saying a minute ago, where you're basically prepaying. You're giving someone that you have trust in um, money up front, and they're not the first game developer to put themselves on Kickstarter. Other people have as well, but. This is the first one that's really big and notable. And what's interesting about this is uh, my birthday's coming up in a week from this today, yeah. I guess. Um, and Zombies. my wife was like, oh, hey, did you hear about this this thing? These game developers put this, uh, you know, they, they want you to sort of pre-buy their game or you can donate to the to the cause of development. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. She's more articulate than that. And, and she's like, yeah, well, I'm thinking about unique gifts for you and you can get in the credits because I guess one of them you get in the credits for $40 or something. And uh, so she was excited about that idea. And she's like, would you want that? And I was like, uh, not not really. A lot of people love Tim Schafer, and I am just not I am not the fan that other people are. Clearly, the great majority of this thing's popularity is coming from Valentine's Day gifts. You think so? Not at all. No, this is supposed to be a birthday gift. Valentine's, we don't do anything. But um, I just don't care for Double Fine games like everyone else does. Cause I, and I told her, I said, you, well, I don't think you like them that much either because like, you, you played stacking or you watched me play stacking and you were not that keen on it. You dislike, actively dislike, or just aren't keen on them. Exactly what I said. I don't dislike them. I mean, they're kind of, but like that's as far as I'll go. They're not so funny like everyone seems to think they are, and they certainly aren't worth playing for gameplay because they're story-based, essentially. Walk around, maybe do a couple things maybe a little platformy here and there, but it's mostly just for funny and it's not that funny. So I don't know. Call me crazy. I'm just not the huge fan that, that other people are. I think I know, I know TJ you're rolling around in your chair right now, but, but it's time for a break. I wish I had an alarm sound effect. I don't have an alarm. We're going to break. Bye. This is Billy D. Williams from Command and Conquer 3, and you're listening to the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. All right, we're back. You're listening once again to the high flying night train that is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. So we uh, we hung the the flag of suspense right before break. Ara, what do you think? 
about Schaefer's games. So I think he's funnier in recordings because I haven't met him in real life than um, his products. That's what I think. I think I agree. Yeah, like like the tears you were just reading. Were and I today. and I don't yep. much care for, um, you know, the um, point and click style of adventure game. I don't That's really true. much like that format. But didn't didn't he also wasn't he responsible for making that that game with Jack Black and the yes. thing, which is the engine they created that engine and every single game so subsequently is based off of that engine because it's so. Multi-versatile. So, what game um, are we talking about here? I can't remember the name of it. But Kung, I Kung think Fu Jack Panda Black presents the video game. The game. Yeah, I don't know. Never, never ending Heavy story. Metal. Three? Rock something or Black. Rock. Rock Rock Band. Guitar. Anyway, anyway, it was funny because like they were making it, and then they had a publisher, and the publisher dropped, and then they got picked up by EA or something. Rock of Ages. Yes. Like, EA really. Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend. That's yes. it. Yeah, it wasn't that good. It just it just wasn't that good a game. Like it had Jack Black saying some funny stuff, but it was in the middle of gameplay that wasn't that interesting. Jack I didn't. Black I did not actually have the pleasure to play it. Jack so. Black kind of looks like Tim Schafer. Um, they did a video right. about it, so whatever. Yeah. So I, that's what I think. That like everybody was all excited about it, and they love it, and they say how great it is because I, for some reason they have a hard on for Tim, and I just don't understand why. I Play mean, I understand. I understand the hard on. For his comedy, yeah. I've never I've never played the game. I think they I'm probably putting words into the into their mouth, but they I don't think that they like praise that game. They I think they're aware that it's not what it, what they wanted it to become. But like the subsequent games, like stacking and uh, Halloween candy quest, costume quest, like all those things are like successful in their own right and i i think they praise those um but brutal legend i think that they kind of um wish it would have been greater yeah i don't know what they were thinking with that um but i'm excited that this entire this new game i mean they don't even have a name for this game is there even like a code name for this adventure so uh they're they're actually going to be documenting this entire process with the production company uh two-player productions and they that company is famous for starting their own Kickstarter project and uh, uh, following Notch and his crew with uh, Minecraft in his studio. So, so I'm excited that everything from the very incarnation of this project onwards will all be documented. So I'm I'm excited to see that film when it's actually released. And they're gonna slowly release videos as it goes on. So um, it's going to be cool to uh, see. So this very exciting project that will take probably many months or a year to complete, if not longer, being reduced down to 90 minutes. Well, they're going to release. Does sound they're going to release. Well, that's every every movie. But um, so all documentaries are bad. Is that what you're saying? No, I just I mean, well, they're going to release how, how much you're actually going to see when it's reduced to some feature length. So featurettes or like behind the scenes stuff on DVDs is just horrendous because all you're seeing is a single. Does that uh, does that appeal to you, TJ? Behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, of course. I bet he loves that. I love behind the scenes. Yeah, I'm totally not the market for that. TJ's all Hollywood. So wait, you don't like how stuff is like made and created and like so so. <laughs> I, I love how he so just turns this into like yeah. it's a so, completely. So did you different. watch King of Kong? I, I, I liked King Did you Kong. know that Ara's mentioned in the director commentary? Oh, Kong? this again. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah, someone, one of the people you, talking you specifically can't, you can't say Ara. You can't say shit like that because people are going to think that I set you up. No, you didn't. Because I am a huge whore, but like <laughs> not not that obviously. I recommend that movie to everybody, even people who don't like video games because it's a very universal appeal. But side note they sold the rights to that movie to become a scripted drama that oh. somebody's working on right now. Nice. So how awful is that thing going to be? I hope in that director commentary of that movie, they talk about R the whole time. No, they'll mention TJ. You, you, know, you I already said it was a crap movie, and it's not yeah. even out yet. I don't know. Well, listen. What if it's uh, like amazing? What if it like wins the Academy Award? Well, what if? Um, <laughs> so, Ara, I'm willing to whore you out. Any day of the week, you don't ha- you don't have to ask because we're we're that close. What do and, they and what do they say? Do they just say do they just say the word Ara or do they talk? Legit- about We'll talk about it after the show. Ask us after after we're done recording. Um, yeah, I've exposed myself already enough. You expose yourself on the movie. 
Yeah. Man. Okay. So what do we have left? We had we had at least one more thing we wanted yeah, to cover. Yeah. So right? okay. So this is one. Uh, this is a good one. All right. So you know, here's a rumor that's been flying around lately. You know how that that new Microsoft console rumor was like floating around a little bit a couple weeks ago. I'll be calling it the next box. And I don't even know that you can call it a rumor. Like. Obviously, well, they're working well, on there's something gonna new. Be, right, because there's going to be it's a next when one, it's right? going to happen. But that's, that's not yeah. the rumor. The rumor is... It's a if, rumor. If they, I'm going to rumor your face <laughs> if you don't shut up. All right, so we were talking about if they actually have a legitimate plan to block used games on their new platform. And let's, instead of like imagining if they'll do it or not, I think what's more interesting is let's discuss... One like is that even viable in the first place, and what would a future like that be? Could I mean I don't I I question any company's ability to actually get away with it. I think that it's going to be such a huge um, crutch. It's not a crutch. It's like a wound. I think the solution for this like it's it's going to naturally happen by virtue of the fact that they're just going to go to digital distribution. Like, it could that's only the happen. Way to actually, this. it could only happen. I think if all of the major consoles decided to kind of do it at the same time because that's like monopoly shit. If they did that, then people would have no choice. But I think that a a, a prospect for the average consumer of buying a console where they can only buy new games, I think that a lot of people are going to be like, eh, I'll just buy the other console where that doesn't have this restriction and deal with it. Yeah, and then that would be the selling point for that that distributor. Right. Unless but, they all collude. I mean, I, I'm just trying to imagine the logistics of this. So we're still talking about hard copy games so i buy a disc or some sort of media i put it in my machine and then it's maybe that particular serialized disc is locked to my profile probably so that i can still get a new machine and play it on a new machine but no one else can well that could be one way right but since since this is a whole new platform i mean they could do all kinds of things you know they could just say that the first piece of hardware that the software is played on is just, you know, attached to this serialized copy of the game yeah. and you can no longer ever play it on now any other Now, that would be horrible software. given the high defect rate of today's machines. Yes. At least connecting it to a profile, I could kind of understand that they could pull it off. That's that's slightly less insane, right? Because, but you when, know... When that happens, though, I'm sure what they would do is just implement an unlock code for the next user. If If I want to play that disc on my machine after you've had it, I pay ten dollars unlock fee to be able to play this game again Just on my like machine. Just like they currently do with if you, the online it's, pass. Yeah, it's it's achieved in a slightly reversed way of what they're currently doing anyway. Which which doesn't make any sense because aren't you paying money to have Xbox Live? So why are you paying more money per game? Well, you're paying money pay different people, man. Microsoft on. gets your money for Xbox Live, but you know a but developer then, doesn't get your money for. But you're paying. The reason why they say you have to pay for this online pass is to help support the online when, in fact, all of that Xbox Live money is going to Microsoft because they manage all of that. Well, it goes to so, develop. I mean, they have to run servers and they have to run staff and they have to run all sorts of things to keep Xbox Live alive. Yeah, That's but, understandable. Yeah, but guys, like, don't no, get any I'm not, illusions. I'm not going against Xbox Don't get any Live. illusions about like needs and what they have to charge in order to provide a service. The way these companies work, because they're corporations, is they'll try anything that they can get away with that will be profitable, period. Like raising the rates of Xbox Live, like 10 bucks a year or whatever. Whatever. If they, if they think they can get away with it, they will do it. And if, they, if it's illegal now and they think that they can make it legal, this is how corporations essentially they'll work. They'll have lobbyists and change it so they can make more money. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy idea. I'm I'm especially curious about the logistics, just because that's what I'm interested in, and in, in how they would actually. Perform I mean, invariably, it. it will get hacked if it's implemented. That's pretty much what would, for sure. Yeah, and I would I would totally stand behind that ethically. That would be fantastic. It? Yeah, hack whatever you need. I would think it would be interesting if you had a serial code in the box, and when you registered it, it would almost be like how Portal Two worked on the PlayStation Three, where you had your physical disc, and then you also had it like a digital copy. So then you could go to your friend's house and then sign into your profile and re-download it. But it's on your locked account, or you have that physical disk that you can do whatever you want. I didn't with. know the PS3 even did that. Uh, it's specifically with Steam, not not actually like the PlayStation 3. But you bought Portal 2 
on the PlayStation, you have a physical disc that works on the PlayStation 3. But, but you also you, have it on Steam. You have a Steam. And so okay, I, yeah. like how Steam works. But so you don't I have a digital really copy cool. on your PlayStation 3. But I'm saying in the next console, what if they did that? Where you could have oh that digital God. copy anywhere. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> my mind's been blown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, clearly a bad idea. And I imagine this is one of the sorts of things that that people would get all up in arms about and have petitions and maybe be successful like all that stuff we've seen on the internet lately people actually getting Honestly, companies to change their minds I wish I wish they would try it just to see because no because I'm pretty sure that it's going to be cataclysmic it's either going to be cataclysmic in the fact that like it's going to be obvious that corporations collude with each other or it's going to be cataclysmic in the fact that people will be so put off that, you know, they'll pull a Netflix. Yeah, my prediction is that they just wouldn't do it, and they would just, instead of doing that, they would go all digital. I was going to say, if they really d- want you sales to go away, sell everything exclusively online, if they really want that. Right. Well, as we've discussed, there's reasons why that's not happening. Yeah. And we don't know what those reasons are, but they're very gigantic, elephant-sized reasons. They yes. exist. Okay. They're invisible, but they're there. Invisible elephant reasons. All right, then. Well, that marks the end of another uh, another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. Don't forget to go to uat.edu. That's the website for the University of Advancing Technology. I think TJ is going to go visit there on the way home. To- we'll visit them. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any ideas for the show, if you want us to talk about something specific, give us an email, chatterboxgameshow.com. You've got, uh, you've got my address and ours address right there on the site. And, uh, well, that's about it. Email us, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night, guys. Bye, Zangastock. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.